Hey there, Rooster Teeth fans. Welcome to another episode of Rooster Teeth Reviews. Tonight, we are doing a deep dive recap into Volume 5 for Ruby, as well as answering your guys' questions and speculating wildly about Volume 6. It's going to be a fun show. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. I feel like it's not a real Rooster Teeth production without some technical difficulties, you know? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. I keep forgetting to get the technical difficulties music that Achievement Hunter uses. Yeah. <laughs> I always liked it. the ones the Simpsons went with where it was the um, cameraman who's drunk. <laughs> technical difficulties. That one was always my favorite. Yep. See, I tend to go with the Monty Python intermission music. That's always fun, too. But anyway, hi, everybody. Everybody watching live, how are you all doing? Woo! Whoa. Everybody who's not watching live, tell us how you're doing in the comments. Yes, you send us a message from the future. It'll we be love great. You. Um, guys, so tonight we uh, we uh, decided to extend the Ruby after show, as it were, a little bit to do a deep dive recap into Volume Five because. Even though we have a recap show every single week after every episode, there's still so much to talk about. Now that the season's done, it's really fun to get to talk about the season as a whole and to talk about the show moving forward. So let's not waste any time. Let me introduce my fantastic panel. To my left, Mark Donica. And now for something completely different. I'm the Internet's Mark Donica. You can find me on Twitter at Mark Donica. That's it. <laughs> to his left, Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. You can follow me all over the social medias at Kiyoshe. That is K-I-A-X. E-T. And on the other half of the table, I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can tweet at me at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. Be sure to follow our cohort, Stacy Shuttleworth, at Stacy Shuttles on Twitter. And be sure to follow Patrick D's at P to the D's on Twitter as well. Just don't follow him into the elevator. Don't! <laughs> don't do that. Hey. Uh, I wasn't going to bring that up, but okay. <laughs> no, uh, Patrick was... tweeted about it. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, he that's was public. raging a war against his arch nemesis, Gravity, yesterday. Luckily, he is okay, but Feel free to tweet him your well wishes and let him know we are glad he is safe. So, hopefully he'll be back in the state soon and far away from lifts. Yes. Nobody <laughs> wants to reenact lift. No. Yeah. Nobody. And, no. uh, uh Stacey's a little under the weather. I finally got, uh, heard back from her, but there, there's just that sickness so, that's going around and, and everybody's a little under the weather. So tweet her your well wishes. We miss them both and we love them. Um, so yeah, guys, we've got, we got a lot of questions and a lot of discussion topics from you guys. Uh, but before we dive into that, I wanted to ask you guys just, as a table, Volume 5, uh, I rewatched the whole thing. <laughs> Did you not? <laughs> I got through a chunk of it. But, um... You know that sickness I was just talking about? <laughs> that was my weekend. Aww. That's fair. Yeah. I'm sorry. I hope you're it's feeling just, better. It's all snot. Everything. There, there. Don't, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I kind of rescinded a little bit. There, there. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to stake my claim in Sickville, but oh. that's me. And I'll do the show from over here. Yep. Uh, <laughs> shout, shout out to all of our left uh, headphone listeners. <laughs> Next time we'll just quarantine you to a certain side of the sounds, table. I'll just be on the couch. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down. But uh, to get back to this volume, uh, I rewatched it, and rewatching it is a is a fun experience once it's all said and done, and getting to watch it like a movie. Um, I wanted to know from you guys what was the highlight of this season for you. Well, don't start with me. Silence. <laughs> uh, you know, um, getting getting back to what Ruby is. You know, we. I mean, technically, we still don't know what Ruby is. We're, <laughs> There's we're, a lot of mystery. Last season, we we started to get an idea of what the the story behind it all is, and uh, that that became part a very influential part of the show, and. This felt a little bit more discovery here, fight there, story here. This felt a little bit more traditional Ruby. Um, I definitely had a couple of qualms, but ultimately this this feels like it's it's weird that it's still such a young show, but this feels like classic Ruby. For me, it was it wasn't any one big thing that was like, yes, this, this is the best part. It was all the little character moments. It mm -hmm. was Yang telling Raven off and coming into her own. It was arm wrestling. It was, I don't need him to hurt, I need him to go down. It was the reunion dinner. It was all of those little teeny things. None of them were really huge set pieces, but 
that that's that's always what makes it for me is those character moments. Mm -hmm. It's Ruby telling Oscar how and why she is able to continue on despite the fact that the world has gone to hell. It's hard to argue um, with the character-driven stuff. I'm going to go the opposite route and say the big action set piece <laughs> of the maiden fight. <laughs> like the, the fight at the end of the season? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that Again, just a personal... Uh, that was my the highlight for me in terms of sequences. Um, Character-wise stuff, yeah, it's really hard to, to not say stuff that reminds you of classic Ruby mm. or... Um, for me, I really liked seeing Elia's development mm -hmm. as well. I, I thought a lot of that was really good and really compelling, and I was worried about how they were going to handle it, and they did it masterfully. So I was very pleased with how that turned out. We uh, slowly and painstakingly removed her plot armor. Yeah, seriously. Um, speaking of that, uh, Erica R. Jackson on Twitter, at Erica R. Jackson 1, uh, using the hashtag RTReviews and RWBYABTV, uh, and hashtag Ilya. Uh, do you think there's a possibility of Ilya becoming the new leader of the latest Faunus organization in the future, or co-leading with Blake? I don't see her becoming the leader leader overall, but I can definitely see her as like a squad leader, leading a small band for a very specific purpose, but I don't see her politicking well enough to mm. be able to lead the White Fang as a whole. Maybe like I can the, almost see Gira stepping back into that role. Maybe just like the Haven chapter? I, I'm thinking like a squad <laughs> of like eight or ten people. We oh. need to do this specific mission for this specific thing. Let's go. Like a Knights of Ren sort of situation. Ooh! Only less Except evil. Except better. <laughs> mm. well, um, we don't even know about any, whatever. Anyway, different. Like a G.I. Joe sort of situation. That's, yeah. a, that's a different conversation. Ilya's snow job. Uh, for... <laughs> For me, um, Elia was very confused in this season. Um, she was falling back on revenge and retribution and really was going down the route she was going down because she didn't know what else to do. Mm. She's had no guiding light, so to speak. So for me, before she takes a, on a position of leadership, um, I feel like she needs to find her own path outside of who she wants to be to Blake and outside of who she wants to be within the White Fang. I feel like she needs to find herself in the same way that Blake had to before stepping up to a position of leadership. I could definitely see Elia becoming the leader of a Faunus organization at, like, say, the end of the series, once her character arc is fully realized. But at the moment, I see it more of being like a Blake or, yeah, like a Gira mm. sort of, uh, that being the person. Or, you know what? Kali. <laughs> She's the one that's smart enough to go and get the cops. <laughs> this is true. I, I can see Blake's parents just co-leading. Because we have the politics and we have the experience. And we also have the just bare bones common sense. Behind every strong leader is Blake's mom. <laughs> Every strong leader. But that's, a, that's the thing. I think that Ilya could serve to, to learn more from um, Kali than, like, from Blake. She's already learned a lot from Blake, but now it's, well, I have whatever magical destiny, and so you take care of the White Fang and all of this business. Um, and stay at my folks' house. Stay in my room, to which she goes... <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and we disinfect okay. she, she sews the holes on the sails of that ship and uh, <laughs> but yeah uh, Cali Belladonna 2020 I agree I, let's get those made I definitely um, could see especially since Gira was the one that saved her life um, when she and her cohorts were in the middle of attacking their compound he saved her life I could definitely see them stepping up to be surrogate parental figures for her because that's something she's been lacking for years now and you can tell you can tell that the absence of her parents really left her lost and mm. then blake left as well the only guiding figures that she had were adam and finnick and corsic those people are bad influences <laughs> I would argue Sienna Khan kind of, as she was the guiding influence for a lot of people, but not directly. Clearly not, because, you know, Ilya was totally complacent in letting them murder her. <laughs> Speaking of characters that I liked that got nothing. Can well, we she have, got something. Like, Death. Can we have 
flame. It's, I know everyone wants like a Team Stark like backstory season. That's great. Can she get a couple episodes in there too? Because I want to see the rise of Sienna Khan. The uh, sadly, that, that's, know, we know how that story ends. Khan. Unfortunately, um, it's kind of like Ruby is going out of its way to murder a lot of childhood icons. They killed Pinocchio. They killed. They killed Shere Khan. They killed the cowardly lion. Who's next, Miles and Carrie? Who are you going to murder next? Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. It's it almost twice. Can, can it be Shrek? Can we kill Shrek? Uh, of your childhood icon? Get Shrek. What the can we, we get, can, the internet can tells Ruby get me Shrek, that please? No. the internet says that Shrek is love and Shrek is life. So I don't know. I don't know. Don't read that. I I will not. I don't as, know what it is. As some <laughs> body t- once told me, I'd never read that. <laughs> that is a Twitch alert on my brother's channel. Oh, so, is it? Oh, I've heard pieces of that more than once. Oh Lord. Okay. Hashtag. Support your family, guys. It bad. <laughs> It's very bad, um, but yeah, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about um, to kind of go from where we left off with Elia. Let's talk about the the White Fang as a whole uh, because we actually had a really really great um, somebody submitted a really great character analysis of Adam Torres or, uh, earlier. Torres. This, Torres. You said Torres. <laughs> I was thinking like Alexis. Like he's Torres. like he's from the valley. <laughs> I know Adam Torres once. He messed up my order at Starbucks. That's bad. He's the most angry of baristas. Yes, he is. Uh, he always writes my name wrong. <laughs> that's that's uh, he's Torres. Just, he just puts dirty human on every cup. Adam Torres uh, with a decaf latte. Adam Torres. I'm looking no. for milk. With a skinny half-calf latte. Looking for Soy. milk. It's Mark. Looking for milk. <laughs> Not for know. you, Mark. It's milk. Not for you. I'm looking for milk. <laughs> but, but it's soy latte. No, it's milk. Anyway, <laughs> so Adam Torres, not Torres. Torres. <laughs> um, Adam Torres. Uh, earlier this season, when we were having a discussion about it, um, I had noticed that some people were critiquing this season and looking at his character in particular and looking at him becoming unhinged and unraveled as a character inconsistency, and we we discussed the merits of that, whether or not that was a valid observation from the community. Uh, This, uh, I believe it was... Nathan Jackson? Yeah, Nathan J. Zaxon. I hope we're pronouncing that right. I hope so, too. Uh, if we're not, please feel free to correct us. But he uh, basically gave us a beat-by-beat rundown about why Adam's characterization in this volume is actually very much in line with that of domestic abusers in oh, terms yeah. of pretending like they're in control and making uh, the person that they're abusing completely reliant on them. And, and removing all other support from the person. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's a really good read. It's a longer read. Um, I believe we retweeted it, but we will, again, make sure you follow the group at ABTV Rooster Team. But it's... Um, it is a fantastic read. It's a very good, very good yeah, read. Yeah, so thank you so much, Nathan, for, for submitting that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my my only uh, my only gripe about Adam in this season is that nobody ended up really punching him in his stupid face. Well, and Nora didn't break anyone's legs. <laughs> I feel like the day that that happens, because I feel like at this point it has to happen, there will be mass celebrating in the Ruby fandom. I mean, she did God, hit a home run. <laughs> she did. Yeah, she did. But I was really hoping that she'd straight up break his legs. Uh, like, it needs to happen. If you don't mind me pivoting go, go speaking speaking of it. nora uh one of our favorite uh users of the year by name alone it popped us so hard on the show <laughs> was please clap uh i have flipping it still makes name. me so, so happy K- uh they they commented on our finale episode they said i think my biggest complaint with volume five is that we never got a conversation between Ren and Nora. And that's absolutely correct. Volume five or volume four ended with a huge like catharsis for their relationship, seemingly going in a new direction. And I, I kind of uh, brought it up in the middle of the season where they're just being or near the end of the season where uh Juniper is just being relegated to side characters, back characters. And when your entire when your entire back half of last season is about these two characters and this huge moment, uh there, there was no, like, 
there was there was nothing acknowledging that. It's like, oh, that happened, but hey, remember how fun and carefree Ren and Nora's relationship used to be? Well, let's like it again. It, and it, it, I wonder how much of that ever existed, if it, or if it or if it uh, hit the cutting room floor. If it's something we're getting on the DVD or something like that. I feel like season four really tore that open for the sake of the audience. Mm. And before that, it was very much this is how their relationship goes. And so now that we've had that, we've had the culmination of that, this season was a lot more focused on getting the gang back together and getting plot elements moving across several different continents. Mm. So I'm not surprised that that took a backseat and that we're kind of back to status quo. I will be very surprised if it never comes up again, but I don't know that we had time in this season with everything that it had to accomplish. Well, while I can agree with that, I I think we had enough time for a 10-second moment of Ren getting knocked out in a fight and Nora freaking out even more, or Nora getting knocked out and Ren losing his cool. Because we we know now why Ren is the way he is, what his semblance is, and how... Why they're so close. And why, yeah. why they're so close, but also how how close... Why he, he is... Why his emotions are so in check. So I'm not saying have him be a flippant, fiery, uh, uh, explosive case, but if if there's something... What we learned last season is if there is something that can make Ren lose his cool... It's Nora. It's something mm-hmm. happening to Nora, and the same same thing, vice versa. Nora for uh, Ren, but Nora, of course, is a lot more open about it. <laughs> well, we, we did get a bit of that in that last big set-piece fight. Is Hazel took a swing at Ren, and that's when Nora kind of went, I need to be over there. And that's when she hit the home run. But yeah, there's, there yeah. is something left to be desired when that's basically all we get, and everything else is them all sitting around in a group together and reminiscing as a group. There, Yeah, there was absolutely none of Ren and Nora's one-on-one time. The focus was more on, yeah, Team Ruby getting back together and on Jean and whether or not he was going to get his semblance and, and of course, on Oscar and Ozpin, you know, expositing all of the stuff that our characters hadn't gotten up to speed with yet. And then also being very tight-lipped about other things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ren Einsburn in chat puts it, This volume was a lot like Game of Thrones. Too short and rushed, and they cut out or skipped a lot of stuff I wanted to see. I would say, um, in support of that, or in addition to that, it was more of, hey, you know that thing you wanted to see? Well, forget about that! We got this cool stuff! <laughs> and then we got to see all that cool stuff play out, and then you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's the other stuff too. We're like, no, we got this stuff. It's like new, cute puppy. We may have some of that next season. Oh, sure. Because we, again, this this season was all about getting the band back together. Mm -hmm. And so next season, I can see us taking a little bit of time at the beginning to be like, all right, time to develop a new status quo because boy, did this group just double in size. Hi, everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so funny because there's a lot that happened in this season, but at the same time, it was. It was still a, it was still like a, a small amount. When you watch it in one sitting, it's like, wow, a lot happened and a lot of information was imparted in this volume. But at the same time, it's like, oh, the, the main thing we're focusing on is everyone converse, converging at Haven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and yeah, there's, there's a lot that goes into that, but there's also like, oh, there's a lot in terms of scope where it's like, it makes it more manageable, I think, from a production standpoint. If we're like, okay, we're just going to make all these characters converge on this point, and everything about the season is leading up to that moment. Yeah. I But now I wonder, since we have all those convergences, we're talking about what's going to happen with the Void Fang, with Gira, with Haven, and I half wonder if Juniper's going to stay in Haven while, yeah. Ruby go, while Team Ruby goes to Atlas. I would be very surprised if they left them behind. I I wouldn't be terribly surprised. I I don't necessarily know about staying in Haven, but I could definitely see the group splitting up to cover more ground. Um, the Lantern has to go to Atlas. There's still another relic besides the one at Beacon. So it could be that they're going to split up, um, since we have two teams here, that they'll split up. One going um, to Atlas uh, with the lantern, and the other one's going to the other academy to go and grab the other relic. 
or which and is kind of which is kind of a moot point because unless we know because <laughs> yeah there's there there are a couple maidens missing here in this equation the other issue is you have exactly one fully functioning adult in this group just one and Crow barely counts as fully functioning. I was going to say, real. are we counting him or are we counting us? Sadly, we're not. I mean, cumulatively, they're one fully functioning adult. <laughs> but Oz, unfortunately, still is having trouble striking a balance with Oscar. And Crow is Crow. So the problem with splitting the party is someone is going out without, I hate to say it, adult supervision. But they've pretty much proven that they do need a full-blown huntsman with them because, yeah, otherwise problems happen. So uh, I, I'd be very surprised if we split the party because of that, because we don't have someone to go with them and no one's going to be like, oh, you're a team of huntsmen in training. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Like, mm. Ugh. <laughs> One about- of those adults <clears throat> is Oz and he's a little responsible. So. Arguably. Arguably adult. Yeah, debatable. Arguably adult, arguably gives a damn about the kids. He finally so... has a body that matches his mindset. <laughs> wow. That of a little boy. Wow. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> oh, gosh. Hashtag vote for Shannon. <laughs> Give it time. Um, talk, okay. Talking about whether or not the group ends up splitting up uh, and, you know, only some of them going to Atlas, we had Nine-Tailed Phoenix ask us on Twitter, um, or not necessarily ask us, but express their excitement about whether, whether or not Weiss and Winter were going to have a reunion. This year? Next season? season? For for next season, yeah. When they go to Atlas. Depends on whether or not they actually make it to Atlas next season. Depends on if Winter made it, is still alive. That's true, too. I mean, we we did have a full season that was just trying to get to this academy. So it's entirely possible that they're not going to make it immediately to Atlas next season, especially with the borders closed. Now, I have a question. Uh, this season, we had a character named Vernal, whose name literally meant spring, yeah. who we thought was a maiden for a good chunk of time, who ended up being a misdirect. I'm wondering if when we go to Atlas, or if we make it to Atlas, if this, if something similar isn't going to be happening with the character named Winter. If that's not going to be like an intentional misdirect at some point. I don't know. Honestly, I think it would be hysterical if, in character, they used her as an intentional misdirect. Potentially. I don't know. It would... Mark, you look like you're percolating. (laughs) That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Because if there's... if, If, you know, everybody's speculating that by the end of the series... One way or another, all of our girls are going to become the maidens. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad connection to have. Um, that I mean, if we're getting into into a little bit of prediction, I had a very, 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 very silly and weird prediction that the reason why Ironwood is half robot is not <laughs> because of some war injury, but it's because he is the housing for the relic. Oh! That's my weird prediction. Is that it's like, oh, half of your body got blown off? How convenient. We need to put this uh, brush somewhere. <laughs> it's going to be bigger on the inside anyway. <laughs> Just saying. Do and, we know which relic is there? Uh, if it's the one for Atlas, if it is for the, the Winter Maiden, then that would be creation. Creation. Um, so yeah, wouldn't how it be mean crazy would that if it be? Was keeping him alive, if how... it's half his body and it's what's keeping him alive. It's, Sorry, it's we the need Tin the Man's heart. Pie. Yeah. Oh. As uh, as Mecha Soundwave put, I would be stealing that. But that's good. Nicely done, Mecha Soundwave. Because we like that is the only cyborg that we know. What if he's part magic? That ain't, that could be it. Maybe that's what's keeping him alive. Maybe that's yeah. what's keeping him alive. And but the but, only one that we know. True, but also uh, it, it, as a direct response of the of this relic being discovered and found, one of the old guard died. Leo, Atlas, if you take the relic out of Ironwood, he also the the old guard also dies there, and we and we have another new person who's handling the relic. Mm. The Possibility other question is who are our other two lieutenants then? Yep. That is a good question. I 
I'm thinking. Well, we know that Oz was one. Oz and Glinda, they were, uh, yeah, they were watching one at Beacon. My theory is that the other headmaster, the other lieutenant, is Dorothy. Or a Dorothy equivalent. Summer? Yeah. Isn't that what they were alluding to with Summer? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. It's really hard to say. Or they're a dog faunus and it's Toto. That's not a bad idea either. <laughs> Can we get a, a Scottish, like a black yes. Scotty, oh my God, who's, yes. who is a Scottish actor? Yes. <laughs> Forget my theory. That. <laughs> I want that. And Eddie's oh. the most like jacked and ripped, like assa, like totally, <laughs> just pure mass. And he just wears a kilt, and <laughs> it's great. Oh, that I love that. Let's get it voiced by Ryan. <laughs> and I was gonna say, I know we already have Ryan, but let's get Ryan. Who cares? But talking... it's my long lost cousin. Talking Double about down. from Menagerie. I love that. <laughs> um, talking about the relics, we also had uh, James Buell on Twitter asking us what, um, how we think Ozpin happened to hide the Beacon relic. <laughs> I'm still sticking with my theory that he just buried it out in the Forever Falls somewhere. He just literally threw it into a ditch. Do you think it has a landing strategy? Let's find out. It, some say it's still flying to this day. It's just in orbit, rotating the he Earth. He launched it, and that's what he launched it into orbit, and that's what destroyed the moon. Um, actually, actually, it's on the moon. I would half wonder if. My my theory about Ironwood is that it's not the Atlas relic, but it's the Beacon relic. Oh, and that's why it's it's safe, is because it's James. Yeah, that's huh. a good thought too. <sighs> uh, regardless, we're not going to be able to retrieve the other relics without the maidens, and that leaves the question of what happened to Cinder and whether or not Cinder's alive. We got she ain't a, dead. <laughs> we got a little bit of speculation on that. Um, also, James Buell also asked if uh, Cinder is dead. Who is now a maiden? And we also got a uh, a. Sort of a prediction, I guess, from Cam Griffin. An offensive statement. A very, very rude one, uh, and it hurt my feelings. After the, the talking about our idea of Cinder having amnesia, uh, if she did in fact survive the fight, I got the idea of amnesiac Cinder being in the care of a friendly, loving, red-headed family in one of Mr.'s lower tiers who recently lost a daughter, the Nico's family. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you, Cam? How dare you? That was very upsetting. Get out. I love it. <laughs> I mean, if if that is a route they wanted to go down, that would be a very interesting dynamic, and it would also be extremely mean. Don't do it. Please don't do it. I love it. Hey, cut it out. Um, well, so there's a lot of stuff about maidens and about this and about that that we've uh, that we've gotten. Um, speaking to whether Cinder is alive, um, I think that. Uh, it was the difference of power showing uh, when Cinder froze Raven, it was in the, like, just block frozen ice, whereas when Raven froze Cinder, it was solid, like, and, and she, I think she's frozen through and through uh, to a point where she is, the the thickness is as such to where if she hit the ground, she wouldn't break. And she's just frozen in a state of still being alive, but not by much. Oh, that's horrifying. She, uh, frozen to a state of she wished she was dead. <laughs> oh, so we watched Cloverfield Paradox last night mm-hmm. and... <laughs> Spoilers. Oh, I didn't, so... I yeah, know. yeah, that's why I stopped there. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> that is a reference. Um, anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway. I feel like, personally, my, my view of it is that Cinder is alive because... I, I could totally see them killing her off in this instance, but I tend to think that, like, mm, want to see her corpse <laughs> if she's if she's going to be dead. I feel like we need to see her dead. Um, we put in way too much story potential for her to just be dead to someone else. Like, we have set up this death match between her and Ruby, and I, <laughs> well, Rooster Teeth are definitely the kind of company to murder people murder characters, at least. I should be very specific on that. <laughs> they I killed lots of Gavin clones. 10 and 11 little roosters. They killed lots of Gavin clones. That snail they is still coming for someone. <laughs> it is. It is. Slowly. But the, God, what I'm getting at is 
I don't think that they would build a lot of story potential into someone and then kill them. They'll do it for someone who didn't have anything left to do for shock value or because it was their time. I mean, Pyrrha, we saw her name and we all went, oh, she's hosed. And then by the time Volume 3 rolled around, we were all like living in Egypt. We were in such deep denial. And it still happened. So I don't see them killing Cinder off yet because she has too much left to do. In much the same way that I was fairly certain that Weiss was a fake out because there's too much story left for her. Um, my view on it is that she can't be dead yet because she hasn't murdered Jean yet. That's a good point, too. Jean was based on Joan of Arc. Joan Who of burned. Arc burned to death. And we also know that like, there's a point in this volume where he goes, if I die helping out my friends, it'll all be worth it. And his semblance is all about amplifying other people's aura. He's I, a support mate. I totally feel like they're setting him up to expect, like his, the way his story ends is him expelling all of his aura, helping someone else, and then Cinder burning him to ash. That's or, kind of how I feel it's going to happen. Or his his physical form can't support the output, and he, similarly to how Pyrrha does, but it's of his own device, his own his own doing is where he, he yeah, sort it's of his burns. choice. Yeah, it's his choice to to martyr himself or to give up his life. So but, that's a possibility. Without getting too uh, morbid, Cam, I do think <laughs> I do think the idea of Cinder getting some sort of redemption through uh, losing her memory isn't entirely off the table. Uh, do, with Even without, whether she had, uh, she lost her memory or not, do you think Cinder is past redemption? I think she would have to want redemption, and she really doesn't. So this is, a, again, were she alive, et cetera, et cetera. It would be the sort of thing where we have a long ways to go with her character and a lot of work to do before she can be redeemed. It's She has to want it, and right now she doesn't. Yeah. I think we have a better chance of getting a redemption arc from Emerald than we do from Cinder. I personally, at the moment, I don't think she's the type of character to get a redemption arc, but... I've also watched plenty of anime where even worse characters get redemption arc or get redeemed in the end because of a bigger bad um, being worse than them and everybody having to come together and then they they lose their drive for being evil or sadistic or having a rivalry. So I could definitely see her going that route, but we're yeah, there there are a lot of steps that need to be in place for that to happen, assuming she hasn't lost her memory. I, I definitely buy a redemption arc a lot quicker if she temporarily loses her memory. Um, but if not, then yeah, there are going to have to be a number of steps involved, and Salem is probably going to have... Like, it's finally going to have to click for her what Salem's doing and the implications of all that, and knowing that she's just a pawn in, in Salem's game. She seems to not mind being a pawn as long as she can get what she wants. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And again, why does she want power? Just power for its own sake doesn't doesn't seem like... It's a, a motivation that a character in this show would go for. Well, we still don't know anything about her either. Exactly. You know, the most of the backstory that we got was her recruiting Emerald, but we we still haven't gotten her and her her supposedly and her stepsisters and her stepmom and God, the Lady Tremaine and Ruby. I just can't wait to see how terrifying <laughs> that is. Oh my God, she is just terrifying eyes. <laughs> Um, it turns out that Lady Tremaine and the stepsisters were really just these really nice, sweet people, mm -hmm. but they never really clicked with Cinder, and Cinder is just... <sighs> killed them. Uh, while, while, we're on mean... maidens, uh, <laughs> while we're on Maidens, we did have a comment a couple of weeks ago from uh, one Tony Valle. Sorry if I mispronounced that, or if it's Valle, but I'm pretty sure... Whatever. Anyway, um, uh, long story short, he and... and uh, uh, or they and a friend of theirs uh, were talking about the idea of false maidens Ooh. uh and uh let me let me pull up pull up the full thing here but it's um yeah shut up self yeah that's me i'm looking sad so i know it's that video um <laughs> 
and this is this is one of the things that while I'm oh I accidentally voted that down. But while I'm uh, while while I'm pulling this up, um, th- this was one of my favorite. Uh, interactions with anybody this season. No offense, just because um, they respond. They uh, uh, Tony left a comment about um, how we conducted ourselves on that week, which was very productive. It was it was very it, it helped us sort of shape and tweak uh, what the message of the show was. And by responding to to Tony, we had a conversation and a back and forth. And now Tony is actually watching for the first time live tonight. Hi, Tony. So hello, Tony. And he says um, we got the name right. Oh, good. Fantastic. Um, so for the last few weeks, I've gotten into a mini argument with a fellow reactor at Renegade about Cinder as a maiden. His logic is that because she killed the previous girl who had the power, she didn't earn it. So she is, quote, a false maiden. I encountered that the girls picked after the first four weren't established to have earned the power, but they are also called maidens, and by his logic, Raven, despite the amazing fight with Cinder, would also be called a false maiden. I even tried to tell him that, in a way, Vernal was actually a false maiden, and that Cinder and Raven would be more like dark maidens, but he refuses to accept and that's, and, and said, I will fight you! On his comment section, um, and just wanted us to bring that up. So, do you think that Anybody that the wizard didn't give the power to directly is an actual, should be considered a maiden. Yes. I feel like actually, strangely enough, the only person that would have technically been a false maiden would have been Pyrrha because the power would have been transferred by force by yeah through science as opposed to how it's been passed on from person to person Mm. um talking about us i'm sorry katie do you have a do you have thoughts i (laughs) the powers were made to be passed down i would imagine which is why they have a pass them down to someone mechanic as opposed to return to sender when the person dies. Return to Oz. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, oh my god. Nope, not that movie. Uh, <laughs> we got enough horror movies last season with the Nuckleby. Um Yeah, so I think calling someone a false maiden because they inherited the powers is... I don't know, I... Because they got it through force as opposed to just the person passing away naturally, I guess. I mean, it's a legitimate way to get them because regardless of what it is, it's the per- the woman that the last maiden was thinking of while they died. And if they weren't thinking of anyone, then it just goes to someone random. So that's the way it works. So are you a false maiden if you randomly get the powers because the other person was in a coma when they died and didn't think of anyone? Like... How does that work then? Where you really put yourself down a rabbit hole if you start saying this person deserved it, but this person didn't, and this person didn't. By that logic, the only true maidens are the original four, and everyone else is just some cheap imitation. I don't really hold with that. So, fun head canon. I disagree. Uh, so there's a fun thing being thrown about in the chat. Uh, Hero75 saying, what if the maidens were the wizard's daughters? To which uh, terrible human being Cam Griffin responded, what if they were Salem's daughters? I love you, Cam. My Ooh. God. <laughs> You're on fire tonight. Oh, very interesting. That Okay, so I, I wanted to talk about the connection of the maidens, Oz, and the creation myth that we got in the last volume. Um... I actually went back and and rewatched the episode where where they talked about the two brothers, the the god of light and the god of darkness, um, creating life on Remnant and then creating the Grim and then coming together to create the relics for mankind. Um, so I was I watched that and I'm sitting here wondering I'm like okay, so how do the maidens relate to uh, to this creation myth? And Oz was cursed by the gods to the fate that he uh, that he is left to, and supposedly at, at the end of that story, the gods also abandoned Remnant. So, what connection does Salem have to the god of destruction? Because she seems to be the queen of the Grim. And what connection does Oz have in relation to all of that? Because he was cursed by gods that then said, cool, peace out, yo. I love the idea of Oz screwing up so badly that the gods went, we're finished, we're done, goodbye. 
It's like the point where you're fighting with your siblings and your parents just kind of go, both of you go to your rooms, and then they leave to go shopping or whatever because mm. they can't deal with you. Your sister's in charge. <laughs> Not even that. It's just like, we're out. We're done. We're done dealing with you. Goodbye. Humanity was a mistake. Like, I love the idea of Oz in particular screwing up so badly that the gods are no longer here. That's hysterical to me. I'm... I'm wondering if, because he was, he didn't say what he was punished for. He said it was for failing to stop Salem. What, where did Salem come from? Was she the, what, was she what um, the God of Destruction created and then she created the Grim? Is that how that happened? Was she a maiden that then was corrupted? by the god of destruction we we don't know the order of things or is she the uh, anti-venom and is and can't because of or one way or another because she couldn't get quote light magic she had to go to dark magic and yeah i i hope that next year we get a, a replacement of like this year we didn't get any world of remnants yeah i hope yeah. that that we get some form of world of remnant next season even if it's Salem telling one story and Ozpin telling another, telling the same story, but from a different point of view. And then rush him on it, and then vi vice versa. Yeah. Of of okay, this bitch. But let me tell you what actually <laughs> happened. I got a couple things from the chat that I like. Um, Carter Baroon says they got fed up with Oz when he broke the moon. Uh, Zero Ninja eighty six says maybe the wizard created Salem, hmm. and Brandon Dodge says the gods went out for cigarettes and never came back. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming back, I swear. Which I love. Oh, for the Goodness. longest time, the wizard is just Nerf from Camp Camp waiting for his dad to come <laughs> back. back. Who's his mom? <laughs> uh, Camp Camp is is the backstory of the wizard. It's all a metaphor. The wizard is Nerf. <laughs> no, it's... Uh... Nerf is Ospid. <laughs> it's, uh, it's... What's his name with the powers he can't control? Oh, uh, Harrison. Harrison. Would that make... The wizard is Harrison. Would that make Gwen the prototype... Uh, the, the, the pr like, would that make her Salem, like, pre-getting corrupted? Yes. Like, she just hits her breaking point, and she's like, I need to burn this world to the ground. No, I would like to think that the Flower Scouts are Salem. It's all another one of Neris's campaigns. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> That we, we just pull back out, and yeah, yeah it's, and it's just... a child looking into a snow globe. <laughs> no, oh, it's Neris looking at her. It's Neris looking at her bag of dice. Yeah. <laughs> oh. You get to be Yang. You get to be Ruby. I'm gonna be Ospin. <laughs> I get to be Salem. I, I, need, I need this. I need someone who someone who writes. Someone give me this. Someone who of Camp Camp doing a Ruby. D&D &D &D campaign. Uh, better than that, someone who draws uh, Danger, the Quartermaster is Salem. So can we get Quartermaster as Salem art, please? We already got him as the doctor. Uh, next best thing. Uh, talking about D&D &D stuff, we actually had a comment from Malachroma on the hashtag uh, talking about there, there was a lot of talk of Jean being a paladin this season, especially with his semblance. Uh, Malachroma's question is, what D, D class do you think the others would be? What archetypes of those classes would they choose? Um, Blake's a ranger. Yang is either a fighter or a barbarian. Weiss is... Oh, Weiss. she's definitely a barbarian. Because she rages. That's uh, true. She gets double movement. I feel like Weiss, I kind of want to say is a wizard. I could also see uh, Blake being a rogue. Maybe I don't know. Ruby, Ruby, I would almost say is a rogue because of that whole speed thing. But I might also file her under warlock because warlocks have the magics, but they mostly use it to beat the daylights out of other people. They're basically like magic fight. I love <laughs> playing warlocks. They're so much fun. Um, as much as I would like to keep uh, yes. capitulating, we, we, do, blood we are we are very we are very time. short on yes. time. Um, so we we do need to to wrap it up into some final predictions. But first, before we do, we wanted to talk to you guys really quickly about iTunes. Folks, thank you so much to everybody who's gone to iTunes to rate, subscribe, leave a comment. We love hearing from you, and it is the best way to let our producers know that you guys like the show that we're putting on, that you guys like it when we talk about rooster teeth oriented content. 
And honestly, guys, it's just really nice to hear from you. We we have uh, a little a little community here, um, and it's always nice hearing from you guys in the live chat and hearing your comments on YouTube. Uh, so when when you guys do leave a comment on iTunes, we like to give you a shout out. Like G underscore O F F two eight eight six, which I'm pretty sure that's Jeff. Hi Jeff. Uh, all these people are amazing. Five stars. Title says it all. These folks are fun and funny and entertaining and just really awesome people to watch uh, talking about the shows that I like. So that's part of the reason why we're continuing weekly is just because there's there's always so much to talk about that we don't have enough in one week. So we're we're just going to keep trucking. So make sure to tell your friends. Um, before we do yes. get into predictions, though, speaking of friends of the show, uh, somebody who has uh, um, helped the show previously, they have made art for us. They made some of our art when we go to RTX. Uh, they are uh, Addison. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at 24HourCallCenter. That is 24HRCALLCENTRE. Uh, please go to their Twitter. They have a campaign. Um, they're, they're in desperate need of a, a, an electric wheelchair. They, they're having trouble with mobility, and, and um, we, we want to help them out any way they can. Any, any bit helps. Uh, and and uh, they've always been a, a, a strong pillar in the uh, Rubik in, in our community, the, the AfterBuzz fandom community. So please, if you're watching this live or after the fact, please go to Twenty uh, Four Hour Call Center, uh, click through the link and, and, and donate because uh, we really want to help them out because uh, they've always been so uh, charismatic. Yeah. If you guys, and a charismatic fan of the show. If you guys haven't. Um... If you can't find their Twitter, we will be retweeting the link, uh, not only from our personal Twitters, but also from the uh, Rooster Team account. So be sure to follow us all there and keep an eye out for that. Yes, please yes. give what you can. And um, if you can't find us, we'll use the hashtag as well. Also, if you can't donate, spread the word. Just, hey, a friend needs help. Exactly. Yes. Um, so again, thank you guys, and uh, we wish all the best to Addison. Uh, we, we love you. Please yep. take care. Um, all right, let's go ahead and dive on into some predictions real quick. Your After Buzz TV predictions. Yay! It's fine, don't worry I'll about it. Don't worry about it, Anthony. <laughs> okay, so yeah, uh, where are we going next season? Are we going to Atlas? Are we uh, are we going to get a Scottish dog faunus? What are we going to get? Um, I am down for Scotty faunus. I would love that in my life. Uh, handlebar mustache and everything. Um... Yeah, I think we're on the way to Atlas. I don't think we will really make it to where we need to go until end of the season or next season. It really depends on what they want to accomplish here. Because hmm. we we saw a season of walking and then a season of hanging out in a sweet hotel room. <laughs> uh, this next season might be a combination of both of those things. Uh, Jacques will be a dick. We know yeah. that. Um, I mean, sky blue, water wet. I expect Ironwood to have an even bigger beard. Um, mm, and I have... love the five o'clock shadow, though. Oh, gonna it's going to be full midnight by the time we get there. He's going to be like, quote, sexy yeah, Ryu from, from Street <laughs> Fighter Five, where he's just going to have full beard. Maybe not even wearing a shirt. Might even be a disgraced general living on the streets, but nobody knows he's got a relic Aww. in his arm. Uh, <laughs> and Winter may, be, may have taken his command because she listens to orders a little bit better. Um, but there's a there's a lot that I think uh, has happened in Atlas since we've been gone, and it's not going to be great. Yeah, I feel like um, since we got so much with uh, Raven and Menagerie this season, um, I feel like Raven's going to be laying low. Uh, although, I mean, she's on patch, we know, at the end of that. So, I don't know, maybe we'll get some further development from her and uh, Tai Yang. So maybe maybe we'll finally get that Stark flashback we've all been craving. I do kind of want to know what happens to Raven's tribe. Because she bailed completely. Vernal is dead. And the rest of her tribe is like, all right, we're packed up to move. Where is our leadership? Mm. Because it seemed like we had leader and second in command and then I feel like, Bucket and his compatriots. I feel like she's smart enough to leave a contingency plan for if she didn't come back or... At the very True. least, she's like, if I'm delayed for any reason, this is, you know, as Cinder pointed out, she's very clever. Uh, I feel like she would have given them instructions. They all seemed pretty loyal. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, Last thing from the chat, Carter Barun says, if we see Jacques and he tries to take Weiss back, can we please get one of the others to knock his ass out? Can we get all of the others to knock his ass out? Just take it in turns, <laughs> line up, punch him out. <laughs> Screw that guy. That's something that Weiss would need to do. 
Uh, oh, she'd be she she'd took get a passive route to get out. So could now let's could take Klein punch him seven times, one for yes. each of his personalities? Yes, that would be delightful. Klein, I miss. Oh yeah, him. maybe we get some Klein back, but that also means we get Whitley back. Missed Klein. Oh, that that's okay. Guy. Throw him out a window. It'll be great. <laughs> All right. Or well, that's an or breaking somebody's legs is uh, Jacques. Well, guys, uh, we will be back next week. Uh, we will have something else to talk about. But in the meantime, we want to hear your guys' predictions. So use that hashtag. What do you guys think is going to happen in Volume 6? Uh, we love hearing from you, and we'll be back with more RT-related news and content next week. Katie, where can people go if they want to find you? Hi, all my buddies. You can follow me all over the social medias, as well as on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaxe. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. If you want to see our reactions to these episodes, they live on that YouTube channel. Also, guys, Voltron is back. We well, have, it will be back. It will be back. We have a release Not yet. date. We have a show <laughs> date. We're getting things rolling. So, you know, keep an eye on all our Twitters for that. Same with Star Wars Rebels. We have a release date. We have a show date. Keep an eye out. Uh, also, uh, thanks to all of our, our fan artists that, that submit stuff. Princess, Princess Ponies 8 submitted Adam, who works at Starbucks, uh, Toto, and uh, the Quartermaster has Salem, which is absolutely magical. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at MarpyDonica. Follow uh, the team at ABTV Rooster Team. Uh, if not next week, the week after that, we're going to be covering the Ruby manga. So uh, make sure to pick that up at your local bookstore. What's that? Or Amazon. Uh, and then we also have something fun planned for right before uh, when No Man of Nowhere starts up. There's a new trailer. We're not going to talk about it this week because we're already out of time. But yep. uh, for more, <laughs> Sorry, guys. If, if you want us to talk to, about like more stuff on the interim, please uh, tweet at us at ABTV Rooster Team and go to our group on the Rooster Teeth website, which is ABTV Rooster Team. We will be updating that more than once a year, I promise. <laughs> I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can tweet at me at the Mangwin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. Be sure to follow Patrick at P to the D's and Stacy at Stacy Shuttles. Uh, and yeah, be sure to follow everybody at ABTV Rooster Team. Thank you guys so, so much again for watching. We will see you all next time. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. See you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.